Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I will warn you in advance. Every now and then I pull this out and look at it. I am not uh, expressing disinterest. <laughs> I'm usually like looking something up to make sure I don't go, you know. Kurt Russell. He yeah. was in Spartacus. No, always, I... always looking up. Yes. Yeah, I uh, brain farts. When I was thinking about move. I was, I was really, I need to know who, what's the name of the who plays Dave Stoller's mom in Breaking Away? It's Barbara. So I had to look at Barbara Barry. Barbara amazing. But I like those little things. I was like, oh, I, yeah, I don't want to look. <laughs> well, do you remember? I mean, I'm just going to assume it's like you have the, you have the, the, the thing going on in your beard that, that it's like I'm assuming a certain uh, maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you find that like, Joe doesn't have this problem. I have like names just go away. I used to really pride myself on knowing like every, yeah. And character actors, especially like for whatever reason, me and my friends, that's like how we one up each other. Yeah. And I will say that part of my brain is is getting a little bit. I have to tell you that as you get older, it becomes a little more elusive. Yeah. (laughs) But you're, I mean, I've got, I've got a bunch in there, but. You know, I used to know the run, running time of Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Right. I can't remember it now. Oh, that was one. Yeah, you pulled one out the other day. And it was insane. Where yeah. Like, I jokingly said, Joe, what's the running time? And he goes, 83 minutes. And I look it up. And it's like. <laughs> but these important landmarks tend to somehow, you know, fade into the background. They do. When you live your life. Yes. Watch the hearings and things like that. Uh, yeah, see, I was just, I'm, I'm not watching. I'm, I'm like, oh, don't you want to see Devin Newman? Oh, what am I going to get out Don't of it? you want to imagine know, what it would be like to slap him with I'm a two I'm perfectly by four fine being face. five minutes late to the news that either it's going nowhere or that they're dragging him out in chains. It's like, yeah. I don't need all the frigging. But um, so, uh, as as you know, we're not, we don't talk specifically about you, but you did just, you brought something up. And I, we're, we're, yeah, okay, we're always recording. We're yeah. always recording. Okay. And we haven't even, it's just all right, we'll get into introducing you later too, because it's all, but, but, but character actors. Yes. It's yeah. like you mentioned something that just always just slays me on your show is like every, there's just such a love for, for, for those people, for the, yeah, you know, and it's, um, it, there's such joy in they that. make the fabric of the work you know yeah I mean, but but and then when you wind them up and give them something really interesting to do and a place to go and a real rich character to develop it's like they'll just deliver for you yeah you know? my favorite maybe my favorite description of the show uh brent jennings who yes i think he's a lead for us but he's in his career he's one of the great yeah. character actors and he he said this is heaven for character actors yeah. and nothing has made me more proud and i think that's who we like writing for. Yeah. Um, even our kind of our our stars in a sense, like Wyatt and uh Sonya Cassidy, I mean, they I think they're going places and yeah. and are have that lead quality, but, but they have character actor shots. Yeah, they do. Like <laughs> yeah. Sonia, I think can, she can do lots of different things, has played many different roles. Um and Wyatt, just the way he carries himself is he's cont- well, he's cont- very he loves being part of an ensemble. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that kind of mentality really. I mean, 
it's fun to work in for sure. Yeah, so. no, I can imagine. It's uh, so, folks out there, do you know what show we're talking? about? Yeah. So anyway, well, this is the thing too. We have this conversation. Uh, no, like, they don't. I can guarantee you. The notion that anybody is just tuning in with no idea who's on is always kind of silly. Just, like, I feel like we could do entire episodes where we just yeah. never mention the guest name and people would know. Yeah. But um, uh, but no, let's let's get into. I, I had a whole like I had this whole introduction prepped and everything, but. Oh, go ahead. Do it. it. No, no, I don't even remember it. But um, <laughs> see, <laughs> uh, we're here with with Jim Gavin, the creator of. This is one of the things I love about doing this show is is I don't watch a ton of TV, but and I'm a real snob about it in the sense mm -hmm. like I want something that I, I don't like using TV as a, a background noise. I want mm -hmm. something that I can really dive into and really love. Yeah. And one of the fun things about doing the show is I've been able to like reach out to the people who create those shows. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and there is, you know, if there's a holy trinity for me, I guess, and I hope is, is, mm -hmm. I mean, I, and we've had, we've had uh, Bill Hader who created Barry yeah. on yeah. and Stephen Canals who created Pose. And, and now we're with Jim Gavin, the creator of Lodge 49, which, um, probably of those can, I'm just gonna, is, is like the one you're least likely to have seen, which absolutely sucks because it's fucking amazing show. It's absolutely beautiful. I can't. I'm going to actually, even though we don't talk about your yeah, work much, yeah. I'm going to force you to try to describe okay. it at one point because yeah. it's just this beautiful ensemble piece. There's, I can tell you about it. You know, you've got this great love of character actors. It's about these, you know, interesting, disparate group of working class people down in uh, uh, Long Beach uh, who all are part of a vaguely mysterious lodge. Yeah. And I guess one of the things I love to tell people about the show is, you know, I've watched two full seasons of it. And I can't say for certain it's not a science fiction show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you could at the last minute and you did something kind of fun at the last minute yeah. of the last yeah. one, but maybe subjective, maybe not. But um, you could pull aliens out of the first episode of season three. And I'd be like, yeah, sure. That, that makes sense. Yeah. No, but, I mean, I, our show is essentially about a secret society and secret knowledge. And it, I think it, that's where it actually exists in the culture itself. Like it's just an unknown thing, <laughs> yeah. uh, hiding, hiding in plain sight, which I have a perverse part of me that enjoys that. Sure. And many of the things I love of the movies I love shows are things that I feel like I discovered them, that they yeah. were overlooked at the time. And I, I would say we are in that category and we're weirdly proud of it. At least I am. Um, I'm very new to, uh, TV and all this. I'm a, you know, I write, I, write fiction. And I was so, just saying to yeah. Don in here, it's like, it's like, I remember the first time I sort of looked you up and I, I got to say, as somebody who has worked for many decades yeah. and, you know, there's something really joyful about pulling somebody up on IMDb and seeing basically like one credit and it's one of the greatest fucking TV shows yeah. ever. If, if this is, if this is it, I will die happy. It's, that is, and, yeah. Uh, that's a, now I, it's hard for me to put into words how the number of just lucky breaks, I'm deeply aware of the, how just being able to make this, uh, we're in a phase right now where we got canceled. Everyone's bummed, but this show that it got made at all yeah. is a, a miracle to me. And, you know, um, Wyatt Russell, who's on the show, he, he, when he first read the script, he loved it so much. And partly because he's, he told everyone, he's like, no one's ever going to make this like <laughs> who would make it, but we did. So we, you know, um, I guess the best way to describe the show is just a, 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 it's set in Long Beach, California, a place I know very well. I grew up in Southern California. And uh, a young man at loose ends who's lost much in his life, uh, fate brings him to the door of this kind of dusty old lodge, like a mason-like yeah, lodge that has its own history and mythology. And he knocks on a door. An older man, played by Brent Jennings, opens it. And 
he enters this kind of castle in this place. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's set in a contemporary time, but we think of it as a modern fable. Um, uh, a Ernie, played by Brent Jennings, by day he sells uh, toilets. He's a um, plumbing salesman, a job, you did for a while, a right? job yes, I've had. Um, and, but at night he goes <laughs> to this place and he is a luminous knight. He wears a sash and a hat. And there's just a, a feeling of grandeur, a lost sense of grandeur that these characters who their lives are at loose ends can go to this place um, and feel something different, feel a refuge. But then there's this larger story um, that is a, a mystery tale um, that, you know, I think we've been cut off. We haven't, we knew where we were going, but I think for us, the show is about the characters and I can at least feel good that I think the emotional stories that we wanted to tell in season one and two, we looked at it as like two long movies and I think we completed those. Um, but for me, it's, it's, we wanted to make something that you, a, a world you wanted to hang out again and, a, and something you wanted to watch again. Yeah. Anything I love, that's, that's the thing I'm sure you guys, I know you guys talk about that all the time is I think it's a show that will reward, uh, you know, multiple viewing. No, so, it actually, so if people want to see it, they can find it the first season on Hulu, right? Right. right. First season's on Hulu and the second season will be on Hulu uh, January 13th, which oh, is, right. they okay. moved it up, which I, is a, okay. is a good thing. And all we want is for people to find it. And, um, I, I'm in this kind of, I, I've gone through the, uh, I'm woes me sad times. I'm now I'm just a feeling of gratitude that we got to do it. And, um, yeah, it's, I think, yeah, people will continue to find it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I think for sure. And also I should say as, as, as if you were the, the nice thing too. And, and I hope, I mean, is there still a chance? Maybe we or? we are still fighting. I, okay, I, I to be honest, I think it's a long shot for many reasons. Uh, the dread word metrics is being uh, <laughs> thrown around a lot as a as a shield. Um, but uh, who knows? I I'm not gonna. We were still fighting, and yeah. I think hopefully we'll get some good year end press and make some lists and stuff and can. Yeah. Uh, but it's been tough. It's, the problem with a lot of stuff now too is people, and it makes sense with a show like yours. You know, you wouldn't watch it when it's on. You you might be compelled to sort right. of stockpile them and binge them, which is great for you, yeah. meaning the viewer, but yeah. terrible for you, the the creators of the show. It is, and we were on a sh- we we're on AMC that yeah. were commercials and live viewing and all that. Yeah. And I'm you know like anyone else, I I probably takes me a year to catch up, two years really. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, so. It's just the way it is now. I, I hope it does come back, but I should really emphasize to people, um, uh, if, if it does not, or even if you want to do this before, maybe it does, um, it, it, you're not left hanging. Yeah. Uh, each each season, it, by the end of the second season, it's kind of gone to a, a great place. You yeah. absolutely want to come back for more, yeah. but it's not, I don't know, I'll think of like Deadwood for years, you know, yeah. we're just fucking hanging there until <laughs> yeah. we finally got yeah. resolution. Um, but yeah, it's-, it's well, Yeah, uh, then you can make the movie. You know, whatever yeah, exactly. older, or like Twin Peaks, the return, you can do a whole, you yeah. know, different version of it. We, uh, honestly, everybody's older. Yeah. And I, that's, we've been talking about that. And, uh, uh, Paul Giamatti is on the show and one of the producers, he, we, he thinks the best version or he, he did something in Omaha with, uh, Alexander Payne where he's, uh, I forget what it was about. It was a fundraiser for something, but he was on stage mm. talking and, um, he brought up Alexander Payne brought up Lodge 49 into Paul's great delight. Like the crowd kind of yeah. lit up and we're like dinner theater in Omaha. That's how yeah. we, that's how we're going to, that's how we're going to finish the story. So, 
So who uh, knows? Maybe an audio book. I don't know. But like, we're we're still fighting. I think you know we. I mean, we have our sets, and that'll be the final thing. Uh, so we have those for the moment. So we'll see. We'll um, see. Okay. Did you shoot yeah. that here? We shoot in Atlanta. Our stages are in Atlanta, which mm. is crazy. But we do shoot ten days in Long Beach, and which is great because we really get into the neighborhoods and you mm. know the places. That's the other thing that's a, and you know why well, I'm I always describe myself as the most spoiled person in this, and that we shoot in neighborhoods where my families live. Like, well, you know, I the shitty golf course for me and my dad play. You know, nine holes. You know, oh, is that so, your golf course? Yeah. So oh, that's, that's fantastic. I I don't know who else gets to be that lucky but i so yeah, yeah. and I, I i just yeah that's it it's definitely was like a magic thing um, yeah. that is i mean it's, it's a magical show yeah. it's funny it's also and let's segue into where we're here i mean the the um they do a thing in one of the episodes in the second season where one character um has gone into a local bookie and pawn shop and he's uh dropped a five thousand dollar bet which he cannot possibly meet it right. will destroy him because yeah. all these people are broke and yeah. it's one of the things i love about the show is they're always talking about their bills yeah. like human beings <laughs> and, i mean the entire second season is, is why i also trying to figure out how to pay off the hospital bills <laughs> from an accident he had in the first season but um guy goes in and he drops five grand kind of on a feeling um and you you know we're conditioned we know where this is going to go until uh his best friend comes in and this act of in his mind great sacrifice um, pawns his father's watch to pay off the guy's $5,000 yeah. bet so yeah. that he won't be on the hook for the five grand that he's certainly going to lose. So in yeah. other words, guy lays down $5,000. His best friend comes in, gets him off the hook for the $5,000 bet. We know where this is going to go. <laughs> it only ever goes one place and it does go there. But what's amazing, and it kind of segues into, yeah. um, it, that, that segues into, uh, it doesn't go emotionally where you think it's going to go at all yeah. by the end of the scene with these two characters talking um i just know my wife and i were just reduced to absolute tears it was just one of those beautiful and it wasn't just about they're, they're talking about his father but it was also about friendship and yeah. i just it's it's a beautifully powerful emotional show and when we were having a little back and forth about coming on you you said you want to tell them what you want to talk about because and, and i have no idea topic. no idea where this came from but uh -huh. i i was just thinking and i my idea just was uh, what movies have made me cry? And specifically, mm. what scenes in those movies make me cry? And and I have no preconceived thoughts, but like, and just I'm curious to throw them out there. Yeah, yeah, that's why you know. It, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with what I'm going on in my life. But what what about it? And why 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 do I remember them so clearly? And and they're all fit into that category of movies I've watched a lot. And sometimes I've watched them and I didn't feel it. And then later, I oh I oh I actually see what's happening now. And it crushes me. And I don't know. That's that's why I fell in love with movies is those feelings. Like, um, and I, this is going to sound a bit rich, but I remember I, I wrote little you know letters to our cast before we started, and I was like, my only goal as a writer to make people laugh and cry. That's it. Like you know, and um, you know, I think we're a show that tries to do both. I think we have we can get absolutely ridiculous and um, but Very much so. yes. but the uh, best way. But I think we have the type of cast that when it's time to punch somebody in the gut, we can do it. And um, we just want those to feel earned. And I think in the movies I've been thinking of, all those moments, uh, they're not, the, the, it's not where strings are playing. Well, actually one is, and I feel guilty about it. But like, <laughs> uh, 
it's they're almost offhand moments mm-hmm. that I think suddenly arrested me in some way at some point. So that was my idea, and I just I'm also just started to get the ball. Yeah, no, it's great. The, yeah. It's great. Give it. Give us one. Give okay. Us one. Um, <laughs> well, I'll start with like a big movie for me as a kid. Uh, one of my dad sat me down and said, "You need to watch this." When I was probably like nine or ten. Was breaking away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Yates, yeah. you know, counties versus uh, college kids in Bloomington. Which um, also uh, one of the there, just, there aren't a lot of movies that actually acknowledge class difference. Yeah, I think, and that's and as a kid when I watched it, I just loved the you know this uh, Dave Stoller is obsessed with bike racing and um, he wins this big race at the end and beats the college kids and I just on some visceral level I yeah. love that and so I would I'd watch it for the race. And then, you know, years pass. And when I watched it as an adult and a little, maybe at some point where I was actually trying to write stories and stuff. Um, I mean, the, the win, the win at the end is great. And it's a great moment. Um, but there's a moment that just absolutely killed me. Um, in the midst of Dave, he's kind of at a down point, his mother, you know, is very, you know, his family that's probably never, she's never left Indiana, you know, um, she, She's trying to cheer him up and she says, have I ever shown you this? And she reaches into her purse and she pulls out a passport. And she says, well, I, I got this. Yeah. And sometimes at the supermarket, I when they ask for ID, I like to show them this. And it's just this thing of like, she's someone who's never been anywhere and may never go anywhere, but she went and got this passport. And I had watched the movie probably 20 times before it hit me and I... And something about it reminded me of my mom and just like um, a circumscribed life that mm-hmm. has a vision of something bigger. And it just broke my heart. And I remember the, I remember whenever this viewing was, I just was like in tears and also laughing too, that it took me so long to like understand the beauty of that moment. Um, and that's a movie that I think I, you know, create like the balance between humor and yeah yeah um all that stuff it's just a it's a lovely movie so that was one of them that's great uh, do you know what's the um is it shell silverstein the song the ballad of lucy jordan oh that uh marianne faithful does a gut-wrenching cover of it mm-hmm. but yeah it's just about a woman it's a, in the, the lines at the age of 37 she realized she'd never been to paris with a yeah. warm wind in her hair and just, <laughs> it that song every time especially yeah. when i hear marianne faithful do it i just like i just can't like i can't yeah stand it. and i think kills what, what kills me and barbara berry is just the mask like yeah is it wasn't like oh poor me i've never been anywhere she like there's no sense of entitlement or mm-hmm. something lost it's just there's almost like a a defiance to it like i'm gonna dream right and uh i don't know just killed me yeah <laughs> no, it's beautiful yeah it's beautiful um let's see uh and stop me if the, you know there's any of guys who've already dissected these to the well no but the great thing but, is even if yeah, we do go back to the yeah. same thing we're all coming from a very different perspective yeah so that's um cool. another big one for me uh with nail and i which is one of my favorite movies um the most simple thing ever two out of work actors yeah go out of town for the weekend um they go on holiday by mistake is the moral line um and this is a movie that i watched as a i probably was in my early 20s the first time i saw it and just loved it as a pure comedy and yeah. I'm someone who quotes it incessantly and it's, you're, it's one of those. You're amongst friends. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, and for whatever reason, again, the, I'm too dumb to get the, I, I needed to mature a little bit before I got the full emotional thing. The last scene. 
the last scene and kind of the build up to it, I think I now every time I watch it, like I my I could feel the yeah. little tremor in my heart. And it, I think it starts when um, you know, the I, our narrator, he finds out he gets a job. Yeah. And I, there's a sense that Withnail is this incredible talent, but that it'll never be express. He's never going to. Well, but there's also some, I, I tried a while back. I, I watched it with somebody who had never seen it. I was yeah. trying to see through their eyes. There's also, because I think it's more than that. You're, you're hoping he is, yeah. but you never quite know yeah. until. Yeah. yeah. Is he, is he all talk? He yeah. talks a big game. He has a huge sense of entitlement. He yeah. thinks he should be revered as a genius, but you don't know. And then the narrator, uh, he's kind of a, a more of a work. He has more of a working attitude. Like I'm just hanging around and hoping. And he gets the break. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, he's kind of going off to do this, this play. And you see Withnail's world begin to crumble. Yeah. Who is his friend, who he's in love with, and all these things. And yeah, that starts it. And then, like, exactly, you get to see a man, he has it. Yeah. He has it. And he's is being expressed. He's giving a soliloquy to wolves yeah, in a zoo. zoo and yes. I... It's one of the great endings ever. <laughs> and at some point I it stabbed me in the heart in a way that um I still feel now. And I think it's as a document of kind of the creative life for people, the gamble that everyone makes to do any of this. Well, it's also, I think, wouldn't it be like at a at a certain point, I don't know, you were probably an adult when you first saw it, right, Joe? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. So there's a different so old. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying, you know. <laughs> But but I think there's a thing you know because I was I was a, a very a much younger person when I first saw it as a yeah. kid I guess and and you don't quite have anything to relate that to in your life yet yeah. you don't have those people who maybe fell by the wayside yeah. who, who shouldn't have and you haven't had those but that's true of so many books and movies you yeah. Know, yeah, that yeah, you, yeah that you you just and then you, you, you don't have the experience to be able right. to really appreciate what's behind them yep. you yeah. can you can see them on a surface level. And you can enjoy the the craft or the you know, but but when it comes right down to being able to say, well, I I've had that emotion, yeah. you know, I know what that means. Uh, you have to be a little older. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. But but yeah, because I that because I, I don't remember, but I remember it was not the first or second or third time even I saw it, yeah that that ending just clobbered yeah. me. Yeah. I think you there's a the experience of of sudden, sudden feeling that you've lived past your future. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think yes. oh. that's what with nail is, is where he's at. And yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that movie. I've, I've, I, I watch that at least once a year and it does, yeah. it's like, it clears the cobwebs kind of reminds me of like, you know, to get, it makes me want to write, you know, that's a thing, that's yeah. you know, it just, yeah. um, did you see, um, oh God, this is where I fell. What was the movie last year that Richard E. Grant got nominated for? The, um, oh, the, uh, the, the, the Melissa McCarthy movie. Yes. Um, can I, can I do anything for you? Can I see you? Do you can I? What? Please forgive me. <laughs> can you ever forgive me? Can you ever I forgive think, me? <laughs> Shut up, uh, little man. I don't know. But did, did you see that? Or I did. And I, I really loved it. Cause there was that element of, I mean, he was very much channeling some with nail. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there was just something about. Like I'm normally, you know, the Oscars are nice and it's like fun. Like I like that movie. It got yeah. nominated, but there was something so richly joyful at him getting nominated for that. Yeah. Where I was like, he brings back with it and he gets nominated for an Oscar. And it was just like <laughs> this almost personal triumph. Yeah. That all was of a, us who love that film. <laughs> I, you know what? I, that one is one of my, I, I, I didn't know, honestly know anything about it. I think I saw, I was, I watched a screener. Right. And it, I was like, oh, this is fucking great. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, 
one of the rare movies where the depiction of a writer's life actually feels yes feels dead on um, yes um yeah and richard e grant i was i didn't even know he's in it i was just thrilled when he walked on so yeah, yeah. can you ever forgive me can is, ever is the film yeah. terrible of it this is this is what we're talking about where you can't remember um um yeah mariel heller directed oh right okay who's got the uh it's the mr rogers film right mm -hmm. Um, and written by Nicole Hallison or so, yeah. you know, pretty, no, pretty serious writers and heavy hitters in there. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, no, but with Dale's just, yeah, God, I, I, seriously, if anybody's listening, this is not seen with Dale yet. Just stop now. Go watch it. Come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I remember I was at a, I was a, at a party in San Francisco and people were talking about movies and, uh, Someone I saw never saw again said, "Have you seen Withnail?" And I was like, "What?" Is, I had no idea what oh, it was. Wow. Right. I started the video store a couple of days later and started there. Ah, those are the days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and exactly for our younger listeners. And then um, the the guy who's our music supervisor in Lodge Forty Nine is an old friend, uh, Tom Patterson. He's from London, and oh. when we kind of was one of our bonding things because he's one of those people who's obsessed with it. So yeah, it's, yeah. So it's a rich vein there. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I guess I should also, you know, I'm a sap. I, I do a sucker, so it doesn't <laughs> doesn't take too much for me. Um, uh, I did bring a list. I have a thing. Is this a normal like? I, I am to it fundamentally, but if it's before one o'clock in the afternoon, I'm I'm the worst sap alive. <laughs> like I will, I will burst into tears at the Powerpuff Girls movie if it, if it plays something the right way and it's like well, you are 10 o'clock in the morning yeah. or something. It's it's insane. There's somehow, so as the day goes on, I put on my armor and become more cynical. But, yeah. You know. I don't know. Just why they invented drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it is like that kind of maturing. I would say like as a reader and watcher of movies, I think in my 20s and someone who was imagining themselves as a writer but clearly was yeah. not yet. I, I was... Uh, I was more very way more intellectual in yeah. a certain way. Like I wanted the big challenge, the big books, the the you know the European movies and all you know the all that stuff. And I th I think it's I don't know when it happened. I think you know you know around the time I was like twenty eight, twenty nine, my mom died, and you know something just kind of shifts. Mm -hmm. And as a writer, I was less interested in showing people what was in my brain right. than you know what was in my heart to be yeah oh, rich. Absolutely. But I. Yep, yep. Um, and I think that's also maybe a lot of the points where these scenes are getting to me is probably after that, where I was like, you had the experience of a loss or yeah. something is, was just more real. Um, that's not the, the case for all the, for all these. What's the Godard film with Sam Fuller where he? Pierre Lafou. Yeah, where they, they ask him like, what's the most important thing in cinema? It's, it's uh, Sam Fuller's day there. I, I, he's got this cigar. a word, emotion. One word, emotion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Also on this list, um, uh, okay, we're, we'll go to Europe. Um, uh, Knights of Cabiria, real okay, Fellini, yeah. which I would say of these of this little list, I've probably seen the least amount of times, and I would say that my overall experience of the movie was not like uh, La Dolce Vita is one of my favorite movies. That's one I've watched over and right. over. This one is a tougher watch, I think. Um, you know, it's about a, a prostitute living outside of Rome who her life is just shit. Um, she's constantly getting fucked with and betrayed. And it's done in a, with a kind of a lighter touch in a lot of places. But it's you're just following her. Um, I think the first time I watched it, I fell asleep. Like it's, <laughs> it's a boring, 
I can say that about a lot of many European, like they're great, but boring <laughs> yeah. in some ways. Uh, I want to see that on a poster. <laughs> great, but boring. Um, but the, so, but I know it has for me, like one of the most arresting endings ever, which is you just follow this character to the, the, the one last final betrayal and she's walking and Fellini just, just is, he's like pulling her for a long time, close up, as she's kind of walking away from her latest disaster alone. Mm-hmm. And there's just something she does with her face that is so human and triumphant that even like as someone who is kind of grinding my way through this film, I lost it. Yeah. And um, I don't know, it, it's one of the most human, defiant, uh, irrational things. And it's just this, this actress who I, I can't remember her name. Messina, um, if you get his yes, wife. is uh, uh, for the ages, you know, and um, and then yeah. So this one's a little different. I don't know why exactly. Uh, it was just a particular. I think this was more about performance and the, yeah, she's this, a, the cinematic quality of yeah. it that was just uh, so beautiful that it it brought me to tears. Um, yeah, and I think what La Dolce Vita is a little cooler. Yeah, throughout. Well, because they're all yeah. kind of burned out and above it all. Yeah, yeah. So this was more just that like gut punch. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember having kind of the same. Didn't they? They got restored about 10, 15 years ago. And I think a, a number of them have been. Because right, I remember seeing it actually like in a theater. It was the first time I had seen it. There was a big yeah. to do about the. But yeah, yeah. But she's she's incredible. Yeah, she's incredible. Um, so that's that's my. Let's see. We have one other. Um, let's see. European one, but uh, here's one, uh, Empire of the Sun. Okay. Which um, uh, I love Spielberg. This might be my favorite one of his. Um, I, it, I, it's, I think the movie that it would, in many ways you would say, if you didn't know any better, maybe he didn't direct it because I don't know, it's something, it has the fewest of his moves. Yeah. That, you know, um, but it's a J.G. Ballard novel script by Tom Stoppard a young kid um, in uh, essentially a, I guess you POW camp in, in China in World War II. It's very, it's based on J.G. Ballard's childhood in many ways. Um, many reasons. I think it's gorgeously shot, directed, and it has Christian Bale, I think is one of the great child performances yeah. ever. Um, and it, I don't know why this is a comfort movie for me. Like when I'm feeling kind of lost or whatever, I, I tend to put, Concentration camp movie on. Yeah. (laughs) Japanese. Japanese. Just for Japanese concentration. Yeah. Just for a laugh. Oh, it's so much better. Yeah. So much better. Yeah. 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 Put put Schindler on for a couple of years. Yeah. 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 Just (laughs) but that one does that one is is I mean, Empire has that restraint to it, I think. Yeah. And obviously that's source material, Tom Stoppard and a lot of things. Right. I think they there's put the brakes on some of uh maybe Spielberg's bigger his excess bigger moves. Um but it's still epic. I still think yeah. it's like an epic war movie. It's epic filmmaking. It's some of the shots are just unforgettable. And, and I would say the scene I'm thinking about combines everything that's amazing about Spielberg with a, just a epic, understated performance, and just also my own, where I was, where I was personally, whatever. Because a movie I saw as a kid and liked it, because you you get to be a kid following the following. Uh, Christian Bale around uh, Jim is his name, but um, 
I think uh, who, I think Robert Louis Stevenson said something like every kid's greatest wish is to be in mortal danger or <laughs> yeah. something. So whenever, <laughs> as a kid, you watch it, you yes. get you, you get to yes. feel that. And as an adult watching it, you know, especially like again a, a, at a period in time after you know, maybe my mom died or whatever. So I watched it. Um, there's a moment Jim's been in this camp for you know uh, at over almost a long time, six months. He's learning the ropes from uh, John Malkovich's character, who's like a savvy American. And he, he's just kind of, wi- he has this place wired. He actually is enjoying himself. Mm-hmm. He loves the war. It's like right. he, he's yeah. in, he's, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to him. Uh, the key though is that his, he was separated from his parents about a year before. They had, uh, in a crazy moment, he, they just got separated and he got, they went one way. He has no idea where they are. So he's been on his own as a 12 year old. Um, so he's in this camp, and uh, at some point, it's the real, uh, I know, swell in the movie where the Amer- American fighters are kind of uh, the camp is next to a Japanese airstrip base, and they're attacking it, and everyone's running for cover. Jim runs up to the roof because he's obsessed with airplanes, right. and he knows the shape and silhouette of all the planes, and he's like it's the thing he wants to see most in the world. And so he runs up on the roof and he's looking at, uh, and it's just this unbelievable, gorgeous shot of this in slow motion of P-51 yeah. going low, just at the height of the roofs. And he's there. And the doctor of the camp who uh, sees him up there and runs up to like rescue him. And, and it's this gorgeous shot. And um, you can just feel uh, the emotion of uh, this thing he loves passing through his life. And he's, he can actually feel the heat of the plane as it goes past. And uh, so everything combines in this thing. And then it quiet, you know, it quiets. And the, uh, I don't forget what the doctor says. He's like, like grabs him. He's like, what are you doing? And he's, Jim's just screaming, P-51 Cadillac of the sky. And, <laughs> and the doctor's shaking. him. like, I think he says, like, try you. You can't care so much. Try not to care so much. And she gets quiet for a moment. And then Jim says, I don't remember what my parents look like. Oh, and it's man. just, you know, it's so fucking earned. Yeah. And I, again, just, I don't know, Christian Bale, I don't know yeah. how they got him to do it or he just, he always had it. But um, I, it's one of those things where if, I don't know, I think when I say have a comfort movie, I, I think I'm almost looking for a catharsis. I need to like, build up to that to release whatever shit is going on in my head and so that was a that that was yeah that's a that's a big one that's a fan that's a weird one because my my whole family i remember watching that one together and we all loved it um, and then i've watched it different stages of my life and i know i think it uh i know i, I think it's as as a war movie i think it's as, as good as you know all anything really or to me personally but, yeah no, that's uh, a great film yeah, it's know. it's uh um yeah, I, and it doesn't. I, Schindler just has those moments that just make me want to shake him sometimes, where just the emotion is so overplayed. Yeah. And and um, uh, I just always feel like um, he needs to trust us a little bit more. Yeah. To, to have our reactions. Yeah. But that's, yeah. The, I think that's what was happening for the most part in Empire yeah. of the Sun, that, which is weird. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, yeah, it's a movie that just seems out of step with him in some, in some ways, but I think is in many ways a masterpiece. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, 
My goal is not to cry while we were doing this. So I'm doing okay. <laughs> well, you've had one or two. Uh, Gorinda Chada, if you recall, was, uh, yes. who directed uh, Benedict like Beckham and Blinded by the Light. Oh, wow. Came on, and I can't she was talking about, oh, we were talking about, um, uh, d d d d what, was, what the fuck, you know, Jimmy Stewart, the Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's yeah. a wonderful life. Yeah. You know that one. Yeah. And, and just, yeah, <laughs> it just, she just got into it. And uh, actually, we were both crying by the time she was done. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, uh, feel free to Don't jump. worry, you won't yeah, be the first. Yeah, feel free to jump in here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, yeah, uh, okay, I'll do one I'm ashamed of. Oh, good, yes, it's, no, it's, fantastic. Because it's a terrible, excellent, ridiculous, it's a guilty go. pleasure. Yeah, uh, Rudy. Okay. R well, fucking Rudy. Rudy. Uh, it's, the, it's the music. <laughs> is it the music? <laughs> it's got a great score. It, it is. <laughs> and I think it's just the end. It's the end when he gets on the field and everyone cheers for him. And it's the most yeah. uh, obvious thing. I think I saw like it. Like, you know the whole movie's going yeah. there. <laughs> and it just, I uh, I saw it, I think, like, at the end of my, in a high school. And I, I remember watching it alone and just, like, I was not given to that type of emotion, generally, right. that stage. Um, and I don't know why. And I, like, then I made my family watch it. They all cried. You know, it was <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so that's why I've don't I've no I'm not going to analyze just, this one as much. Yeah, it's just but a sometimes the mechanism is just doing its job, you yeah. know, and then it works. And yeah, it's underdog, uh, you, can, you know, the yeah. whole deal. It's all there. It's all there on the surface, <laughs> and it worked. Um, yeah, uh, just a deeper one as far as sports for me. Um, uh, Hoop Dreams documentary. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, that's and. Uh, specifically, I this one was more personal. I all I cared about as a kid was basketball. It's all I wanted all to right. do. My dream was to play college basketball, and um, uh, at some point around age sixteen, I realized that was uh, <laughs> not going to happen. Um, uh, but I, I was a serious. All right, you wrote one of your, one of your stories. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, I didn't even mention um, uh, Jim's book of short story, short story yeah. collection called yeah. Middlemen. Yeah. Um, which is uh, yeah. The, wonderful. The, the first story in that is about a a right. high school player gets real faces reality yeah. that his his dreams are not going to come true um and so i was a senior in high school when it came out this is the first movie i ever went by myself to see which is now something I, i've always loved to do since right. um but i remember i was working in the gas i had quit basketball i was working at a gas station and i i got off a shift and i and I went and I was, it was in an empty theater somewhere in Fullerton. And I was, I mean, I, these kids were living a way different life than I lived. Um, but they saw the world exactly as I saw it. Mm -hmm. Their dreams, it was, they were only a couple years older than me. Like it was, and I was such a reflection of everything I cared about. Um, and I, yeah, I was, it's a brilliant documentary. I think the moment that got me was um, uh, one of the guys they they document uh, who he played at this 
really good Catholic high school that where Isaiah Thomas had played. And when you meet him as a freshman, Isaiah Thomas shows up and says sure, hi to the yeah. kids. And you just see the look on his face of like his idol. And then four years later, he's so much more like he's had injuries. He's still getting a college scholarship, but like what he care, he just doesn't care as much anymore. And he knows, and, and they just, they do a flashback, you know, a callback to it. And you see the look, Ugh. seeing his hero. And then you hear his voice saying like, cause you know, he, he grew up in kind of projects in Chicago and he was this prodigy. And like, you know, what he says when he's a senior is like, everyone says, Hey, don't, Hey man, don't forget about me when you make it. And, uh, <clears throat> in this moment, he has like at 18 has the wisdom to say like, but now I feel like if I don't make it, are you going to forget it? Forget about me. You know what I mean? And he just the like level of like wisdom and everything. And so I was like 17 alone in this fucking movie theater weeping. Um, and uh, yeah, that's another one I've, I've watched all the time. And that, and it was a great bit of the way they put that moment together was gorgeous. Um, but I, I, I think thinking about it now, really the, the intimacy somehow of, of being in the theater and how much more powerful that was, um, you know, it's something that, I don't know, I don't know, just thinking about it now, just my movies are, are the thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a powerful film. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not, it's funny. I, I'm always, I'm not a sports guy, mm -hmm. but, but there are so many sports movies that I just love to death. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, I, and I think my, my problem with sports generally is that there's almost never a good narrative, but in sports yeah. movies, you can have a great narrative, it's, Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be a whole other show, yeah. I guess. Yes. <laughs> it's also my fear is somebody wants to come in and talk about their favorite sports movies, and then we end up talking about sports for an hour. I, I just, I just <laughs> sit here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, what else here? Um, uh, let's see. What are one of these? Um, this is a movie I saw for the first time last year. Uh, uh, Sonia Casti. Uh, who's on our oh. show recommended uh ken loach is kez oh god yeah and yeah. uh i again i huge area of ignorance i had never i had not seen any ken loach which is a huge um this is the fun thing is you can still yeah. see these things yep even if you yeah, miss it's a lot them. easier now than yeah. it was when we were um so yeah a simple simple boy and his hawk movie yeah, yeah. yes um <laughs> yeah. it has all you know a document of poverty in many ways and but yeah no it's a poor kid living in the north of england has really nothing and he he finds and trains a kestrel and uh and there's just that's like that's that is that's that the is <laughs> and for whatever and i i kind of knew where it was going to end i knew the fucking bird was going to die and i'm sorry spoiler but um <laughs> but it that doesn't it didn't uh, less than any of, but the scene that actually kills me is when you meet this kid, he's like, I think the first scene that he's like sharing a bed with his brother, his older right. brother, yep. he's like 10 and his brother is 16 and they're in like a tiny bed and it's cold and they're just, you just see the misery and claustrophobia of their lives. And then that's just repeated throughout is you see like how, what, how small his life is. And this bird gives him this other place to go. Yeah. 
and he's not a good student. He's bullied. He's just, he was just kind of like a regular kid, really. Yeah. He's not yeah. like, um, he's not a magical child. Yeah, at all. <laughs> and he's, he has like, he just likes this bird yeah. and he, and he finds something he's good at. And the scene that just killed me was at some point, uh, it's probably about three quarters of the way through the, um, he's in class and he's made to, by the teacher to get up and talk about something. It's the thing he wants to do least in the world. And um, I, f- I forget exactly how it goes, but he's struggling to talk about whatever they were supposed to be talking about. And the teacher somehow with a moment of humanity, like ask him another question and the bird comes up and he says, we'll talk about that. And so this kid who I, I don't know if, who this actor is, whether he ever did anything else. Uh, but again, a childhood performance. Um, he just starts talking about, the bird and it kind of just builds and you just feel he the passion he has for it and the love and it's what it what kills me is the moment where he's actually becoming himself like this is his truest self and he's the his classmates kind of don't give a shit the teacher can kind of see it but he's happy and he's in his own little place and he's able to speak in front of the class because he's, he's talking about what he's obsessed with and what he loves and um, I don't know for, for whatever reason that I don't think I was in a full weep, but I, uh, <laughs> I definitely was like that is such that is was a beautiful moment as I can remember seeing in, in movies is this kid talking about this bird that he loves in a way yeah. that just felt so real, so um, not treacly in any way. It's just it's a glorious moment, um, and you kind of know what's going to come after that, but that yeah that that killed me. Yeah, yeah. I, low t- it's funny because I, 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 I think about what some of your influences may or may not be or what, yeah. what the show reminds me of and because um, uh, there is also that sort of awareness of class that's yeah. obviously the forefront of what he does. Have, yeah. have you seen I, Daniel Blake, his last? No, I was actually going to ask if you guys had other. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I, yeah. Um, yeah, it's about a guy, an old, uh, older retired guy in, in England who's just dealing with medical insurance yeah. problems and it's it will just it's, rip your it's heart so, out. It's so seemingly banal because yeah. it's just these people who are ordinary people who are yeah. very poor and yeah. they have these problems and this one guy has got a medical problem got some money problems and how how quickly you get caught up in this yeah world that you that you don't that you sort of reject out of hand is like well, I, I don't want to be with these people these yeah. people are miserable <laughs> yeah. you know but yet there's something so noble about the movie that it, it really drags you in yeah 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 yeah, yeah. His, his, and his good, his, his good stuff always does that. Is that Pete Postlewaite? No, no. Who was it? He'd, who been, the he'd been dead for years. Um, uh, I was just, who was the actor? It was, it was one of those guys who's been in a million things. Uh, Dave Johns. Yeah. His name. Um, again, great, great character actor. Um, it, it's yeah. funny because I, I don't know. I can't say why Kez was so like hypnotic in a way. It's nothing I'd say too flashy about nothing the flashy. filmmaking. Yeah. And he just he just knows what to put next to the next. I don't know, like it. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it, there's a humility to it that somehow, uh, yeah, makes the world feel noble somehow in some way. That yeah, uh, it's really it's something else. No, that's he. He's he's great at that somehow. He's great at, and it's not you know. Let's take away from someone like Fincher, who's this amazing technician yeah. and you know always the right shot, the right light, and yeah. but but someone like Ken Loach clearly has mastered his own version of that. Yeah, it's just you don't notice because yeah, you say the films 
so many of them, they feel like they're not fully scripted that it's yeah. just the actors kind of, you know, rambling and his camera sort of seems to be, seems to have almost fallen where it is, <laughs> but it works. It's the right shot. And yeah, it's, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, it, was, it was a Jeremy Corbyn hired him to do his, um, campaign ads, uh, when, when he was running last time and they were very successful. Right. And I did and see were, one of them were, and they, they were, were amazing. They, they were, they were very yeah, effective. Which makes yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He should be getting more of those people to do that stuff. Yeah. I, yeah that's an incredible film. Yeah. I know, that's right. I don't know if there's any, um, who would you say maybe is it an American equivalent of Ken Loach? Is there anyone to, I don't know. He's kind of Katsavetti's like, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the Katsavetti's thing. Some little John sales. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, maybe. Yeah. 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 He, he, I mean, I love, he's usually dealing with a little more higher concept or narrative yeah. punch and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he, I think the, what he cares about is very simple. Well, because he's a writer. Yeah, but he yeah. makes, he, he makes uh, uh, Secret of Ronin Inish is a very Loach like movie. Yes. Yes. Ah. While, while being yeah. a kind of magical yeah. fan. Yeah. 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 If Ken Loach directed a fairy tale almost. Is, uh, yeah. 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 I also, by the way, I just, we were talking about your show. It's yeah. one of the things I wanted to ask you about because I, I uh, um, it was such a lovely moment. I was like, did they ever use this phrase again? Or is it just on one? There's one episode where a character makes passing reference to her brain cloud. <laughs> Do, do you want to talk about Joe versus the volcano for a minute? Or is that, um, was that an overt or was it just? <laughs> well, I will say that that term came from uh, Peter Ocko, who's our brilliant oh. showrunner. Oh, so okay. I, uh, I would, I would say that, uh, yeah, it's, it was him. That's, that's, oh, okay. Like, Cause that's what Tom Hanks says in Joe versus the volcano, right. which is a film that I'd never thought of in conjunction with Lodge until that. And I thought, oh, there's actually a kind of, I will. That's funny. Cause I, I saw it when it came out and it probably washed over me. I remember liking how strange it was. Yeah. And, um, but it, I forget what point in the writing or people talk, like a couple of you brought up Joe versus volcano. So I went back and, and watched it and definitely appreciated, yeah. uh, how unusual yeah. it, it is. And, um, as in how did this get made? Yes. Which yeah. is the ultimate quality. I, I think, yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, that's kind of how you thought about that. I'm like at the moment, you know, and I'm not a religious person and prone to this sort of thing, but the moment he's on that raft and it's just life is just couldn't be, you know, he's sunken boat and everything's yeah, yeah. fucking horrible. And yeah. he's on a raft in the middle of the ocean at yeah. night oh, no, with no food. That's, that's castaway. And no water. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and there's that giant moon appears and here's a guy who like, you know, he's, he's seconds away from starvation and yeah. death and sharks. Yeah. And he just bursts into tears and goes, thank you God for my life. I'm like, I, I lose it at that. It's such, yeah. it's so the right response. It's yeah. just, it's kind of, yeah. That, I, I will say what I remembered about that from the first time I watched it was I'm starting to understand the difference between like why the way that it looked and the way they, the camera moved was important, yeah. which is like 13, like you're just, oh, it's just a movie. It's all one thing. And then you're right. like, I'm feeling this way. And this movie's, I'm remembering it because of, the cinematic quality of it. So I do remember that. Like it, it always stayed with me visually yeah, in an important yeah. way. And I think, yeah, going back and see it, those types of things were like, oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's a little yeah. spotty, but I, I love that. Film. Yeah. Um, can I, can I ask, like, who, who directed that actually? I'm, John Shanley. Oh, Shanley. Okay. The writer. writer yeah. turn, one of the writers turned directors who decided he'd rather be a writer. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, but considering is, what they put him through on that movie. I yeah. 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 And but also a writer or director turned out to be really good at it. I think I would argue the um, I mean, Bl Blatty probably my favorite of those guys mm. makes two perfect, incredibly directed films. Well, 
semi-perfect. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. All right. Well, more of my 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 weepies. Weep, weepies. Weepies. <laughs> um, uh, I just I just want to see Joe burst into tears. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here we go. Um, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. Again, a, mo- oh, a movie yeah. that I I saw as a kid, enjoyed. Ha ha. It's great. Um, I'm Steve Martin's uh, using the F word. I'm totally <laughs> in on. Uh, and then in my 20s, I saw it again. And I'm like, oh, the, I don't know. Is it John Hughes? I just it's is a. I think it's my favorite John Hughes movie. I think it's there's it's not. I like a lot of his stuff, but like, there's no teenagers or kids. Right. right? It's it's an adult movie. Yeah. No, I tend to prefer the ones without the. Kids. And um, yeah, no, it, it's very simple and. Uh, the character who's been withholding a secret, and yeah. when it's revealed, I, for whatever reason, at some point, I, I, I just, I don't know. It just gets to me. It's a movie I see all the time, and um, and I think I maybe mean, it's just John Candy. I guess like yeah. what a gift he was, and that he, I don't know, he's just a a, a ball of humanity. Like I don't know. Yeah, like, there was always even even like on SCTV when he was playing just absolutely awful, irredeemable. You know, like even Harry, the guy with a snake on his face. There was always this weird <laughs> gleam of humanity, yeah. brokenness, and neediness. He'll always, he'll always be Johnny Larue. Johnny Larue. Yeah, but you can't help but feel for Johnny. You want him to get his crane. He was a really you know? he was a really nice guy. Yeah, well, I, he, I never got to work with him, but I I did meet him a couple of times. Yeah, he was really a sweet guy. I, uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's just, I think something of, of, of Steve Martin, his iciness and just when the ice breaks, you know, it's, it's all, you know, pretty straight down the line. And, uh, that's, I need to go because I saw that at the age where, first of all, I was not a fan of the John Hughes teen comedies and, and there was all this kind of resistance. I love vacation. mm -hmm. And I remember sitting through planes, trains and going, okay, he's being really funny again. I'm loving this. And that ending it was just, I was at that stage, I think you were talking yeah. about earlier, although I, I took longer to get out of it, I think, yeah. where I, I was almost angry at the ending. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, come on, you had to go to that place. And I want to go back to the film. I'm also half afraid to go back to it because I have a feeling it will like now shatter me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, again, it's a sappy, it's sappy yeah, as hell. Sure. And I, I don't know, maybe it's just our current, uh, or the world we're living in now, or I think we're at, there's such a premium, like it just when the people at the top were so fucking cruel that their whole worldview is cruel that yeah. this is the slightest glint of decency will just take yeah. me out. Like, yeah. it'll, and I think maybe I'm not alone in that, that just that heightened sense of emotion. And I think that's, uh, I think that's very well put, you know, yeah. I think that's, uh, hilarious. yeah. So it, the, I'm, I'm guess I'm more forgiving of what I can see as a, what, you know, my more intellectual twenties. This is just, you know, yeah. manipulative. Yeah. At least you're trying to yeah. manipulate me into something that's <laughs> decent. And yeah. So I, I, I would forgive it, but I think in yeah. the end, like the way the, what buys it is simply is John Candy. Yeah. Just, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, John Candy. Um, it's also, it's a Thanksgiving. Are there, are there any other Thanksgiving movies that, uh, surely the other, but it, um, that's a Christmas. I was thinking, remember the night, but that's a Christmas movie. It's, yeah, it's yeah, Christmas that he uh, takes her. 
There's that pair. There's the one from Grindhouse, the trailer. For <laughs> yeah, Eli Ross. Yeah, that came Don't. to mind. <laughs> no, Eli Ross was it this Thanksgiving movie? Yeah. Was it was it Thanksgiving. Oh no, I'm sorry, that's no, not Don't. Thanksgiving it's, Day. It's, uh, Eli. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's Edgar Wright's. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I just, it, I just picturing the grandmother trust on the table. Or <laughs> your dog. There aren't a yeah. lot. There aren't a lot. There aren't a lot of Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving movies. That's interesting. It's uh, I don't know. Yeah. So I'll probably, know. I'll you know, it's, a lot of cartoons about Thanksgiving. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll probably throw that on. Yeah. The next week or so. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, what's uh, the Devil's Backbone? Is this? Uh, oh yeah. Really? Okay. Um, I, this is a movie. It's uh, what's his name? Guillermo. Guillermo. Yeah, that guy was pretty. Trailer from Hell. Um, yes. Anyway, I guess it's you know, I I prefer it to Pan's Labyrinth. Um, his kind of uh meditations on the Spanish Civil War, and it's a movie I. First time I saw it, it really, uh, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And there's one moment in particular, but it, it's, it's a total, it's a genre bending weird chamber piece. Uh, it's uh, Orphans. It's an or- set in orphans during the Spanish Civil War. It's a war movie, a coming of age movie, a ghost story, um, uh, a thriller. You know, it's uh, a love story. It's all these things. And I don't know how he pulled it off. Um, and I think the the main character who you kind of come in with, this young kid, um, is he's a very kind of cool character. Um, and he meets these kids. And one of the kids is a bully. Is and the kind of you know the arc of the of the story is them kind of coming to an understanding with each other that they're all in the same boat. And all the with all the crazy stuff happening. Um, uh, it's weirdly this bully's moment that just like kind of broke my heart. Mm. And at some point you get a sense that there's a, there's a younger woman, he's like 12 and there's a, a girl's like maybe 19 or 20. Of, uh, she works at the orphanage and takes care of the kids. And you just have a sense all the kids are kind of in love with her in some way. Right. Just she's kind. She's the only person who cares about them uh, along with the other, the two older people. And, but her boyfriend is kind of the bad guy in the, in the tale, who's the, the groundskeeper. Um, and he's basically is going to end up betraying everybody. Um, and there's a moment where th- everything's gone wrong and these kids are left to their own devices where he, uh, he just makes a gesture to the, to the girl. Um, he has this little, it's like a ring that goes on a cigar, uh, mm-hmm. like a little, uh, yeah, the paper tin ring or something. Okay. She has to leave the orphanage to go do something, and you kind of have a sense that it's a mission to the going nowhere, or that she's not going to come back. And he goes up to her and he he gives her a ring. Um, and for some reason, that whole thing it was such a there's like a tiny short story in the midst of a crazy mm-hmm. short story, but the smallness of it. Uh, whenever that whenever I watch it, I do watch I've watched it many times. It, it just it just fucking kills me. I don't know why. It's something about. An un, like an unlikable character just has this moment of grace and the way the the wisdom of the older of the older girl who knows that this young boy is in love with him and but and she on some level i think feels it and is like there's a connection there and on some other plane of existence these two are together because there right. there's some bond there so it just a magic a romantic moment of Two people who are never going to see each other again. So, 
I love uh, I love those. Um, you do a lot of it on the show. One of the things I love is that you don't do it for all the characters, which is good. But you you for way more than you would expect. You you do give real humanity and moments of grace to characters who normally would be kind of uh, unacceptable, reprehensible, sort of the bad guys. The um, whether it's the uh, uh, was it Liz's boss at the, at the restaurant yeah. is you know constantly making reference to their affair that they never had. And, yeah. You know, or or stuff like that. But then every now and then you'll have a character like um, I don't know. There's like her ex boyfriend who's living with them right. for an yeah. episode or two. Where it's like, I actually kind of appreciate that he never got that moment. You know, every you you still have the occasional yeah. sort of schmuck, but but it is that thing where you take characters who would normally be relegated to kind of bad guy status. Yeah, and and dive deep into their humanity, which is always nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I I feel like my my instincts are always are comic. To begin with, and I think at some point that's that was I get in whatever is uh, sad or emotional. I I can only enter it through absurdity and comedy, um, and I think that's where uh, Peter Ako and I we share that sensibility that we we were fans of comedy. That's where right. I think comedy is in my mind. I would say is is is, is you know. I, it seems to be relegated under tragedy somehow. I, yeah. I think they're equal. Uh, I, I consider them equals. Um, but yeah, I, I think there are characters on the show that are a joy to write because they're pure comic characters. They're kind of mechanical in a certain sense. And that's that's a joy, but it's also fun to give those characters some something else, a little yeah, thing, little, you know. Little, um, note of grace. Uh, Daniel Sherman, who plays uh, the character you're talking about, um, Jeremy, who's the he when we meet him, he's the manager of essentially like a Hooters esque yeah, establishment, Ryan, which yeah. I think in, again he it's it's the it's the actor because he another actor you would just feel the scumminess of it, yeah. but he it's impossible with him. He's in he's a man trying to make a living and he's in a scummy environment, but his heart somehow is good, even though yeah. he, he some of the things he says he's a little unaware. Yeah. Of, but um, yeah, no, that's. Oh, that's the fun stuff to to write. No, I, it's 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 lovely. I mean, so right. Have you ever seen um, Joe? We never talked about the show. I don't think I've been trying to find a trailer forever to do it on Trailers from Hell. Uh, Laolo, mm. you know, have you seen Laolo, the French Canadian film um, director? Oh God, he did one other film, I think, uh, and then and then passed away. But it's this autobiographical movie about a kid growing up and wanting to be a writer. That oh wow, um, I, I you I think you would love it. it. Has so many of those kind of elements of oh wow. It, it never quite launches into the magical, but at any moment, yeah. angels could come drag him away and, <laughs> and it, it flies off into sort of flights of fancy. He's convinced he's a French Canadian kid who's convinced he's Italian and he has this whole, and you actually see this, uh, this thing happen is, um, he has this theory that, uh, uh, there's some Italian guy and you see this guy working in the tomato fields who's, yeah. uh, in love with this woman who's bending over picking tomatoes and, and uh, this this old Italian guy is like whacking off into the weeds, <laughs> and then those tomatoes, which have been besmirched with his seed, shall we say, go to go to uh, Canada, where Leolo's mother trips and falls into them and is impregnated, and this is why he's convinced wow. he's Italian. <laughs> is that, uh... <laughs> so yeah. he keeps running out going, Leolo, my name is Leolo, and they're like, you're not Italian. Uh, yeah, um, I will I will track that. Yeah, down. no, it's a wonderful, <laughs> weird tangent. I'm sorry, but. Uh, uh, but carry on. Are yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I've, I've, have we, hit, have we hit I've, I've hit the ones that were on my mind. I don't know if, 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 
if this sparked anything. Yeah, no, I mean, Joe, what's, what, what's, uh, I'd love to, like, what, what kills you? What makes you ball like a baby? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty. Uh, you easy? I'm pretty easy. <laughs> I'm pretty easy. I, I, a really well done scene will yeah. make, well, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll, feel a, I'll feel a tear coming out of the side of my, you know, a, 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 a great performance, a great piece of music, a great, yeah. you know, I, I, I just, anything when it's done really well. Yeah. Uh, it just, it's, it's moving. You know, when yeah. some, it's just the quality, the fact that a quality like that can be attained. And sometimes it's just listening to music on headphones. I mean, you, can yeah. uh, it, it's, um, it's one of our better emotions. And I think a lot of people aren't quite as connected to it as they might be. Yeah. It's funny. I was, I was thinking of like ones that get me and the, the, the two came to mind. I realized there's kind of a commonality to them. They're, um, uh, the, the scene in Tucker where, um, uh, uh, Martin Landau's on the stand and he's been revealed to be this con man and yeah. everything, but he really, he really believed in Tucker and, yeah. and the, the lawyer is coming at him and he's like, do you think there's one man in this courtroom who would believe a word you'd say? And Martin Landau goes, yes, one. And he's yeah. looking at Jeff Bridges and yeah. it's like, oh God. <laughs> and that and then the scene in Breaker Morant where, uh, the two guys, um, uh, Brian Brown and, uh, God damn it, the equalizer. Uh, oh, Ed Woodward. Ed Woodward are, are walking off to be executed. Um, uh, and Ed Woodward has that great line at the end, shoot straight to Boston's and don't make a mess of it, which like if I'm ever in that situation, I'm, I'm going to call on that one. But, but they walk off to be shot, these two Australian soldiers, these men's men, you know, and they're, they're going off and it's like, it's all over. And there's just this little, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't zoom in on it or anything. And it's like, yeah. it feels like something just the actors did. And the two guys just reach out and hold hands as they go off to, to die. And it's just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's just such a human moment. But both of those are about kind of human connection and, yeah. and, and acknowledging it in the face of. You well, know. you know, one of, one, of the, one of the great scenes like that is the end of Paths of Glory. Oh. Where, you know, you've watched this entire picture. Yeah. Uh, and you've seen yeah. these guys, you know, executed for. Nothing. Nothing. And, uh, and then at the end of the movie, you think it's over and uh, Kirk Douglas has to go back and tell the, the men that they're going to go back out to the, yeah. to the fields. And, and this woman comes out to sing, uh, she's a French woman and, um, oh, German woman. Yeah. And, German, uh, yes. and she starts to sing and they, the guys are all hooting and they're drunk and they're, ah, rah, rah. and then the pure purity of her voice, they start to stop and they start to calm down and they start to look at her and then they start to cry Yeah, and and, it, and it's, it's like, you just can't watch the scene without crying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's a culmination of everything else that's happened in the movie, which is yeah. a great, yeah. great movie. Um, but, uh, a friend of mine who saw it said, well, you know, he's the reason he put all those end credits on the end where it identifies the actress is so people can wipe their eyes and they can leave the <laughs> like they're crying. <laughs> <laughs> that old oh, softy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that old <laughs> softy. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. yeah. How many Kubrick films do you uh, need that? The one just, yeah. I think music is a, like the thing, uh, Casablanca. I mean, the, uh, oh, I love God, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember yeah. the, uh, the day, uh, oh, when Trump got elected, I, 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 I put on Casablanca. Yeah, because I wanted to hear them sing that. Yes, um, 
Yeah. Put on Schindler's list. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's an amazing. Oh my God, just the shots of the young girls singing with the tears streaming. Well, down I mean, and, you had, and you know, we, we see it from this removed, but can you imagine how powerful that was? In oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I said something. I saw this, read this recently about that a lot of the people who were um, actors uh, were. Uh, well, actual refugees. Yes. Yeah. Oh, refugees. Right. Yeah, sure. refugees. Yeah. yeah. And that the what you what you're feeling there is was it was there. It's all there. Like it was real. Like yeah. Um, I guess, yeah. The what the what watch couple. Aren't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that the you know that what they always talk about Casablanca is that all the things that went right to make this thing happen, yeah. and that was one of them. You know. Yeah. Um, well, that's the quintessential everything that's wrong with Hollywood movie. You can point to like they should well, not have the, made movies <laughs> like this. And isn't, yet, isn't that the one where it uh, works? A, yeah. a number of years ago, they took the title off and changed it. And oh had, yeah, they went out of the script, around the script to t- to people in Hollywood, and they all very few. It. Uh, really, yeah, there yeah, were like oh, two no people way. who knew what it was, oh, but pretty much everyone else rejected. There were a ton of notes. Yeah, yeah. there was a great. <laughs> did Spy do that? It was a while yeah, back. There was a great article about the responses they got. and the notes and metrics. Yeah, yeah, the metrics of this movie. Yeah, I think well, this isn't always the case with the ones I brought up, but I think the thing that tends to kill me now is see that are kind of doing what you're just saying was just so well made, but a lot oftentimes that doesn't always have to, but the what you're the restraint, yeah, is something that is the thing that actually turns you know I feel the most is when uh, a character is with holding on and not giving you. The emotion and you have to take it on. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't have a good exactly. example of that, but I think it's kind of a, I notice that more yeah. and more. It's something that I, when I see that, I'm like, that's well, what and it's terrifying to, to write and to shoot and everything because you're depending on it all working. So yeah. I understand the impulse to go. Yeah. Let's, let's show more. Yeah. It's a safe way to, to play the scene. But yeah, when those scenes work and you're just looking at the face of some character who's not reacting yeah. to something. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, I will say just personally, just to bring it back to Lodge 49, I think, you know, we've had, you know, in our absurd universe, we do have these moments um, yeah. where as someone who is so new to this, where I just felt like, you know, where have I, how have I ended up here? I get to be in this room watching these actors do this thing. There's a scene at the end of season one with uh, Dud and Liz, Wyatt mm-hmm. and Sonia that is was just being there, like in the rehearsal, you're like, here we go. And the one, you know, there were a couple this year, but one, the one, the scene you brought up at the beginning with uh, Ernie and Dud. Yeah. Um, I, I remember when uh, we rehearsed it. Um, uh, it just, you could hear like in the darkness and the shadows, people sniffling and crying oh, just off, yeah. off of the her first yeah. rehearsal. Yep. And you know, I, again, that's just the actors. You know, they showed up ready for it and. I think those two guys in that moment, I think that's where the kind of the restraint of Brent Jennings and yep. uh, Wyatt is what I think killed everybody. Well, and also the fact, um, especially Wyatt, who's such a wacky character, I'm almost reminded yeah. of like Zonker Harris from Doonesbury. You know, <laughs> yeah. when you've got someone who's had so many light moments and so yeah. much stuff kind of zeroing in like that, yeah, uh, it makes it more powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fun stuff. So but, yeah, I, I guess I've just been in an emotional state lately, guys. And uh, I, that's understandable. I had to come in and uh, yeah. Well, well, well thank, thank you, you for so sharing <laughs> yeah, it with us. Yeah, no, it's uh, some wonderful films. And um, this, this, hopefully by the time this drops, uh, this solution, there will, uh, season three will be underway. We're, we're probably uh, it's going to be a couple of weeks. Yeah. But um, 
uh, I would I would just love to. No, no, no. well, you know, I think um, it means the world for me. To you guys uh, have you all. Well, also, it, it seems like we also live in a time now where, um, first of all, we didn't used to, you know, it's like a show was gone, it was gone. You couldn't take it from ABC right. and sell it to somebody else. So there's more doors open. But it just, it feels like too, just with all the various kind of delivery systems that sometimes it takes things longer yeah. Um, I had forgotten it. So I was just thinking like family guy was, was sort of. Exactly. There was that whole well, thing yeah, where it was just the thing my friends knew about and they swapped DVDs and it got canceled after a year yeah. or something. I, I think, I think the trick here though, is that you've got actors under contract and you know, once, yeah. once, once the ensemble breaks up and if yeah. people That's go off the scary shows and stuff, it's like, well now how are we going to put them back together? Yeah. So it's really a window. Yeah, it yeah. is. We're feeling it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think all I can say is that we're very proud of what we made and yes. and I, I i whatever happens i know people are going to keep finding the show yeah. and that makes me happy and um yeah, yeah and that's the great thing as yeah. i said i just want to stress it because sometimes there's that thing of like well it's not going to end i shouldn't it's like it is you can you can walk out at the end of the second season and you're not you want more but you're not wondering yeah. you know who shot jr <laughs> it's, it's Exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's an absolutely wonderful show. It's a thrill to have you here, and uh, thank you for coming in and making us all cry. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you, John. Yes. my tears. Um, Our show was recorded in beautiful downtown Burbank. The official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the Movies That Made Me. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.